0: Hello, thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon
1: podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exists to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in his gospel. Now, please enjoy the sermon podcast.
0: I hit the mic for me. All right,
1: you can go ahead and grab a seat. so we uh our elder team, we were away Friday night and then yesterday morning, and we just had a really sweet time in the word and prayer and sharing with one another and um, just want to say, like we just love you so much, we love this body um, it's obviously the last couple of years have been really hard years, and yet the Lord continues to be faithful, and we just want to continue to encourage you if you're part of this body like How can we help you to connect into the life of the body here? And many of you are, but if you have needs, if there's things going on, just reach out. We're with you. Uh, We're here to support you. There's cards on the seats in front of you. You can fill those out um, and and let us know needs you have or ways you're interested in in linking into the body. Uh, Follow along with us in the Word. We have a great resource called The Daily. We talk about it week by week. It's an email Monday through Friday where you're going to get a portion of the Word and Uh, incredible men and women in our church contribute to that uh, every week and it's just a way to grow in Christ together and attract and this morning we're ending uh, we've been in Luke since this time last year we took a break during summer if you've been with us and David is gonna finish our um, series off this morning but before he does um, he said I was gonna get him in trouble (laughs) and I am gonna get him in trouble because there was a really big event that happened on Friday our dear pastor, goodness. are you ready for this? <laughs> okay. For a number of years, he's been working on a big project, his doctorate. And on Friday, he had his defense, and he passed with flying colors. And so it is my pleasure to introduce oh, our preacher this morning, <laughs> Dr.
0: <laughs> ben Paul. Thank you. Thank you.
1: It's a, it's a huge deal, and you are loved, and we are so thankful to sit under the word, uh, under your good teaching. So,
0: Thank you. Bring it. Amen. Thank you all. I try to keep it under the wraps, but uh, uh, Joey, won't, your hype. <laughs> Joey, Joey won't let me uh, do that. But, again, we are uh, concluding. We're bringing to finality this series uh, through Luke's Gospel. Uh, and we began November 29th. Is when we began our journey through Luke's gospel. And unlike today, uh, November 29th, we were online, exclusively online, beginning this journey. And so here we are at the conclusion of a very long journey. And the title of the series has been fulfilled. And what we've been discovering is how God's promises are completed or are fulfilled in Christ Jesus. When you read Luke's gospel, he's writing to Theophilus and he says, I'm writing these that you might know for certainty the things concerning Jesus. And so, if you're here or if you know someone who might have questions, who might have doubts, Luke is on the scene writing so that we might know for certainty. And so as we come to the conclusion of this series, we find ourselves in Luke chapter 24. And in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is appearing before his disciples. This is the resurrection. And when you read Luke's gospel, the resurrection is the fulfillment of all that God had promised. And see, the resurrection is not just an event in the past. The resurrection is an event that paves the way for each and every one of us to now participate in what God's doing. Just an event in the past. It paves the way for all of us to now be participants of what God is doing. And in this passage, that's going to be expressed in three ways. You're going to see that expressed through the wounds of Jesus. You're going to see that expressed through the meal he eats. And lastly, you're going to see that expressed through his mission. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ paves the way for all of us to now be participants of what God ultimately is doing in the world. And so I want to read, I want to read Luke chapter 24, beginning from verse 36, and take us to verse 53. Um, and it will be on the screen behind, but Luke 24, verse 36, it reads as follows. As they were saying these things. He himself stood in their midst, that being Jesus, and he said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled, he asked them, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. It is that it is I myself. Touch me and see because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they still were amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate in their presence. He told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled. There it is, our series title. It must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would uh, suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in this city until you are empowered from on high. Then he led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into the heavens. After worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising God. This is God's word. Let's pray. And so, Lord, we to gather in your name with our eyes and attention on you. Help us to see the magnitude of the resurrection and help us to see how we are given the opportunity to now participate ultimately in what you're doing. I pray and ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, last week, our brother Anush shared... Um, from the scripture, this same passage just prior in the road to Emmaus, and he showed an image or a video of a roller coaster and, and talked about the roller coaster the disciples were on. And so, if we enter into Luke chapter 24, it is quite the roller coaster. This is three days after his crucifixion and the events that transpired. One betrayed Jesus. Peter denied that he even knew him. They saw Jesus arrested. They saw him suffer. They gathered and watched their Savior die. And now in this moment, in Luke chapter 24, their world is being rocked with the news that he was risen. And as we read this passage, did you see the various emotions that are coming from the disciples? They are startled. They are frightened. They are doubts in their hearts. And I love this one. It says, they disbelieved with joy. They could not believe what they were seeing. They were, in essence, saying, this is too good to be true. But what was taking place was an invitation for them to now participate. God was doing. Jesus shows up. Remember, in in what Anush spoke, the the, the people are coming from a mass. They return and they're telling everybody, man, we just saw Jesus. He broke bread and we saw him. And so Luke is now describing another appearance of Jesus. They sit around talking about Jesus' death and the bizarre rumors circulating about his resurrection. And when he appears in the mist out of seemingly nowhere, what does he say? He says, Peace to you. Isn't that what we just sang? The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord be gracious, the Lord grant you peace. Deep down in the hearts of every person in this room, and I dare say every person on planet earth is desire for peace, for wholeness. Jesus shows up, and in essence, he says, May the favor of my Father that gives complete and total well-being, may it be yours. Is that not a desire in this room? That the presence of Jesus would be so much in this place that the deepest needs would be met. That those places of pain, those places of despair, that we might hear that word from him, peace to you. And Jesus is up in that assembly and says, peace to you. Now, this is significant because remember, who is he saying this to? He's saying this to the very people that betrayed him. He's saying this for the very people that denied him. Isn't that the God we serve? That he speaks peace to sinners. That in our mistakes, he doesn't cast us away, but in Christ Jesus, he comes and declares peace. But you see, when you read Luke's gospel, it's fascinating. When you come across this word peace, it's not just talking about peace for the individual, If you remember in the early chapters of Luke's gospel, we're introduced to the Prince of Peace, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace towards humanity. Luke is literally saying what God has purposed to do on earth is being established at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what's their response? They're they're terrified, right? Did you see it in verse 37? They were startled. They were frightened, and, and they thought they saw a spirit. I mean, that's that's tough, right? Someone is dead and they're now in your presence. That, that's not that that, that that would shake me a little bit. Right. And, and they're startled. And what does Jesus do? He says, see his wounds. He says, see my my hands, see my feet. He says, touch them. Now, one of the things about Luke, he doesn't tell us if anyone took him up on that offer, right? So think about it. We're, we're gathered in this room. Jesus is there. He says, hey, touch. Like, Joey probably would be the one to be like, hey, is that, is that there? I can only picture J- Joey going, can I borrow some of your blood? And now he's painting this beautiful image <laughs> with the blood of Jesus, right? But for a moment, join me in that room. Jesus says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. What are we looking at? We're looking at the wounds of Jesus. What do you see when you look at his wounds? You you see scars, you see pain, but beloved, we see fulfillment. Because when you look at the wounds of Jesus, when he says, look at my hands, look at my feet, he's reminding us of what the prophet Isaiah said so long ago, that the Savior would be wounded for our transgressions, our sins, he would be wounded for those things, that he would be bruised for our iniquities, the very things that we do that oppose God, he was going to be bruised, and by his chastisement, we have peace. The peace that Jesus declared in that room, he shows them by which it happens through his wounds. And friends, so many of us need to hear that this morning. That there is nothing that we have done that is so grave that is not dealt with on the cross. That he invites us to not just look at our mistakes, look at your mistakes, but then see them in him. God in love has paved the way for us to have peace. So Jesus shows him his wounds, shows them his wounds. And then the next thing Jesus does is I love. What is the next thing he says? Hey, I'm not a ghost. Look, touch, see. And then what's the next thing he says? You got anything to eat? You just got to love Jesus, right? I mean, that's just classic what I would do. Because, I mean, it's been three days, right? (laughs) It's not like he had a meal while he's, like, saving the world, right? But this, when you begin to imagine what's transpired, he died. And when you read Hebrews, he takes his blood and presents it to the Father. And now he's in their presence. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Then he asks, do you have anything to eat? Verses 41 and 43. Have you anything here to eat? And what do they give him? Broiled fish. Who who likes a good fish? Wouldn't that that be daunting to prepare fish for Jesus? (laughs) It's like, uh, here's a filet of fish from McDonald's, right? No, no. They they give him broiled fish, verse 43, and he took it and ate it before them. He's eating in their presence. And, And this is huge when you read Luke's gospel. This is not just, I'm hungry, give me something to eat. He's Paving the way for them to participate in what God is ultimately doing. Because in Luke's gospel, at the Passover, Luke chapter 22, Jesus is talking about, you know, I, I, I'm not going to eat this meal until the kingdom comes. That at the inauguration of this, I desire to eat this meal with you, but not yet. But when the kingdom is established, then I will eat. And when you go back to Luke chapter 14, it's not just eating in your presence, it's a banquet, it's a feast. So in this moment, Jesus is inviting them, and I dare say us, to peer into the reality that the kingdom is here and the kingdom is now. You see, for ancient people, to bring someone uh, something to eat or to eat with them was an invitation not just to a meal, but into a friendship, into a relationship, into intimacy. Jesus is saying... It's bigger than just fish. This is the feast that I talked about. And when you turn to the end of the Bible, we get more glimpses of the great feast that is to come. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Now, friends, this is not we tend to use. this as you know, Jesus knocking on the, the, the heart of the sinner. Let him in, let him in, let him in. That's not Revelation chapter 3. In Revelation chapter 3, he's talking to the church. And he's saying to the church, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone lets me in, Revelation 3.20 says, I will dine with them. And so there is this promise of dinner with Jesus. And they're beginning to experience that. So he shows them his hands, he shows them his feet, and then he eats a meal with them. And then lastly, he gives them a mission. He he shows his hands, he shows his feet, he eats a meal. Then he begins to open their minds. Verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. I I love that because here's one of the things I learned. This is preaching 101. Is anyone who wants to be a preacher? All right, so (laughs) preaching 101. (laughs) Not Not a lot of takers. But if you desire, preaching 101 is if you say anything that someone understands, it's not because you're a good preacher. If they understand anything you say, it's because Jesus opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. So that takes the burden off of me. I just go and just, I I, I try. But it's not in eloquence. It's in what he's able to do. So if you understand right now the words coming out of my mouth, that is the grace of Jesus Christ opening your mind to understand truth. And that is a gift. And so Jesus, this is verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day, rise from the dead, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are a witness of these things. So just prior to this, he says, he begins to open it. He he, he walks them through, just like in Rotimaeus, the, the, the law, the prophets, and now he adds the Psalms. So he's walking them through scripture, showing them the truth concerning himself. And he says, it's written. And there's three things that he says the scriptures testify that that that, that God is doing something. Do you see those three things? And this is going to lead us into our mission. He says the three things that the scriptures te- teach us is that Christ should suffer. Did Christ suffer? Everybody go like this. He- he check. So what the scriptures said, check. It's done fulfilled. The second says, it says, uh, that thus is written in verse 7, that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Everybody go like this. Check. So we are two for three so far. So the third thing that needs to be fulfilled, he says what? That repentance for for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Has that been fulfilled? Everybody go like this. Why not? That's where you and I come in. Jesus literally shows them how the fulfillment of all that God has promised is going to take place. Two have already been done, suffered, risen, but there's a proclamation that must take place. And the only way that can happen is by them hearing the six words that forever change their lives. You are witnesses to these things. Friends, we cannot come to Luke's gospel, close it, and just move on without hearing those words. You are witnesses of these things. That the third component of what the scriptures teach is that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. So he shows his hands, his feet, he eats a meal, and then he sends them on a mission. He says that forgiveness and repentance should be named to all nations. You are witnesses. And so by the end of the encounter, they are no longer frightened human beings. They are witnesses of these things. And let's keep it basic. What do witnesses do? Talk to me. Testify. They testify. So friends, dance and hope, guess what you should do? Say it together. Testify. That's right. That's it. Tell people about how good God is. If you do that, that is, that is taking a step towards seeing this fulfilled. So a better way to say it, this is why discipleship matters. This is why we must tell others to tell others to tell others. That's how this is fulfilled. And, and, and some would say that the brokenness that we see in this world, like how many of you have seen brokenness in this world? Right, It's sad what is taking place. And if we don't even go to the world, if we just look at this zip code in Annapolis, the heartache that is seen in this city, the scriptures teach us that the solution is repentance and forgiveness. And we must tell the story. And so the only reason why we're sitting here today is because they understood themselves to be witness and they proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins to the nation. They proclaimed his name first in Jerusalem, and they went to the nations. Guess what nation is included in the nations? These great United States of America. I mean, think about it. what happened. in This room has exponentially grown to where we in Annapolis are hearing this same message. And so, friends, you look at his hands, you look at his feet, look at this meal. We too are witnesses. And so whether we go to the nations or we go to the end of our street, we have the same task. Tell people about him. Whether we go to the unreached parts of the world or we go to the end of a cubicle at work or to a room in our very own house and talk to our loved ones, we have the very same call. We're witnesses. We tell of the most important event in history, not just a past event, but an event that paves the way for us to now be participants in what God is doing. And we need to just, just tell others about what he's doing. I got great news. What if you don't know what to do? Like, okay, I got, I got to tell people, but I don't know how to do it. I, I found this great model. Who, who The model on how to do this is what we just read. So gather in a room with a few people. Talk about Jesus. That's what they're doing. When you talk about Jesus, guess who shows up? Jesus. Jesus shows up. And let me tell you something about the presence of Jesus. When Jesus is in the room, perfect. So even our gatherings, our prayer is that Jesus show up. Even if we mess up on an instrument, even if the notes don't sound great coming out of our voices, even if the preacher fumbles along the way, As long as Jesus is here, amen. You don't have to be a professional to do this. You just need Jesus to show up. So gather with a few folks. Pray that Jesus' presence shows up. So now that you got some friends, now what do you need to do? Show them the wounds. Show them the wounds. Tell them about your wounds. And tell them how your wounds have been resolved in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So so gather some friends, pray for Jesus' presence, show them the wounds. And and this is my favorite part. Guess what else you get to do? Hallelujah, amen. (laughs) Eat! Eat a meal. Invite people into that reality. But it can't end there. As we pray that they wait, now ask them to do the same thing. Ask them to now gather another group of folks. Talk about Jesus, point to the truth of the gospel, share a meal, and just let's continue to do that. If each person in this room just pray, Lord, give me one person to talk to. What if we did that this week? One person this week that I might proclaim peace. And for some of us, it's going to be a verbal... Peace, the the peace of God. For some of us, we're going to declare peace by just being good stewards at work because I'm going to be the best employee at my work so that well being might impact this office. All of us can participate. And the last thing I'll say is sit down. He promises us His Holy Spirit to do. And so we end Luke in there in the temple, praising and worshiping God. And if it ended there, that'd be great, because then the assignment would be, okay, let's just lock the door, stay in here, and just worship Jesus for the rest of our lives. But there's another book that Luke writes. What is that book? So what do you need to do? You need to act. It's not just in the temple. It's from the temple we now go and tell. Friends, that's how this city will be impacted by the transformation taking place in this room. Through Jesus, where we look at his wounds, we share a meal, we understand our mission, and we just invite others to do the same. So let's do that this week. Pray, God, give me one person. One person to share. One person to invite over for a meal. One person that I might show my wounds and how Jesus has dealt with that. If we do that, we take a step closer to seeing this fulfilled. Let's pray together. And so, Lord, This is our heart's desire, that we would be honest. There's some who startle, frighten doubts in our hearts, but it's no different than those gathered in that room. What forever changed their lives was the reality that you rose from the dead. And in rising, you opened their minds to understand. You showed them your hands and your feet, You gave them a mission. And so, Lord, we want to posture ourselves in the same way. And so, Lord, our desire is that in these few moments as we pray that you would give clarity. Who, who's the one person? Or who's the group we can come alongside and just journey life together? And so, Lord, we commit this into your hands. And I just pray you would speak with clarity so that each one, would just, we would just be mindful of this opportunity that you give us, that intention of Jesus, you've paved the way for us to be participants in your work. And so Lord, commit this to you. I'll just we pray this in your name. Amen.